Welcome to another episode of the State of the League podcast. It has been a long time since I've recorded. I don't think I've I don't think I've recorded an episode since uh, the Luca buzzer beater in the playoffs. I mean, when when the season ended, I just kind of took a seat back and, and let everybody, all the professionals, handle all the media aspects of of the NBA and and whatnot. And I didn't have much of an opinion, or not enough. There wasn't enough information going around for me to really have an opinion on anything to even record a podcast. I mean, everything was, you know, off-season, free agency speculation, and I think y'all get enough of that on the timeline from me. So I just held back, and now that the season's starting up, I want to talk about a few things. The first thing is, is pretty obvious, and that's the James Harden fiasco. And I'm going to preface this by saying my personal opinion on James Harden and how it's evolved over the years. Uh, when he was in OKC, I was a huge fan. Um, I always thought he would probably be a, a, a big star somewhere. I didn't think he'd be a top five uh, player in the league at any point. Um, I thought he'd probably be like a fringe all-star to, to you know, all-star type player. And he definitely exceeded that. Um, but in any case, so he, he came to Houston. And that was like a... I, I've always hated Houston, as, a, as most, Mavs, most Mavs fans do, excuse me. And the way that he played, I just really didn't like at first. I didn't have a lot of respect for his game. And I don't know why. I can't tell you really why. I just, I just, his game wasn't appealing to me. And then also his complete lapse of, of defense on, on a lot of possessions was also hard for me to watch. And over the years, um, especially more in the past two years, I'd say, he's become definitely a plus defender. Uh, an above average defender on the perimeter um, as well as off ball. He's become more focused. And I I really appreciate that because a lot of people said, you know, he is at this point, he is what he is. He's never going to improve. And he, he, he proved otherwise. And so James Harden, I mean, I never would admit this before, but I actually became not a, I don't want to say a fan of James Harden, but I definitely had a, a huge respect for his game even more so than before. And now with this whole this whole fiasco, my opinion of him as a person has gone down a little bit. And here's the thing. I, I've kind of got slandered on the timeline for, for saying a couple of things about him um, in regards to how he's handled the situation. So look, let me let me just say this first. If there is a problem with ownership, uh, Tillman Fertitta has been there since 2017. He's on the team since 2017. And if, if you've had a problem with him, you know, why not speak up before now? And I get it. Like, if, if it's like a political affiliation, um, if it's something of that nature, like, I get it. Um, you know, if if this guy is like, you know, we know his ties with Donald Trump. And, you know, that's it's a bad look for the Rockets, for sure. Um, but I just think st- still the way James Harden is handling it by going out to these cl- gentlemen's clubs um, and just seeming not to care about the welfare of the team or the NBA in general. The NBA has done such a great job since March in battling this global pandemic. I mean, I still cannot believe that throughout the whole NBA bubble we had in the playoffs, there was not one positive case for a coaching staff member um, training staff, nothing, players, nothing. That That's huge. And that was a big win for the NBA. 
Um, you know, because that the whole season could have could have ended mid bubble, mid playoffs, but they handled it so well, and I feel like the NBA was ahead of all the other sports in being able to play games and, and finish the season successfully. I mean, we see we've seen how the NFL has gone this year, where games have been postponed and rescheduled several times. Uh, the NCAA has had multiple cancellation and reschedule of games. Uh, NCAA basketball, uh, there was supposed to be like 95 games over this past weekend, and I think 33 of them were canceled so or, or rescheduled um, until further notice indefinitely. So the NBA has done a, a far and away a better job of handling this COVID situation. And for James Harden, a top three to five player in the league, um, MVP caliber player, had to go out unmasked in strip clubs while his team is at training camp just because he doesn't like the owner or because he's unhappy. We don't know why he's doing that. We don't know. Steven Silas, the, the new head coach for the Rockets, has said that you know he has his reasons, but that's up to him to tell you. I don't know if that's him saying he doesn't know, you know, let's ask James Harden, or if maybe Silas knows and is just not going to reveal that and keep you know Harden's discretion in mind. But anyways, I just, I think there's probably a better way to handle it. We're all different. Maybe he's going through something and this is just his way of, I don't want to say blowing off steam, but it's just, even if that's the case, it's still very unprofessional. I mean, you have, uh, you have basically got Chris Paul. You asked for Chris Paul. You got Chris Paul. You know, you got tired. You couldn't work with Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I mean, here's the thing. Chris Paul, you were a Chris Paul injury away from making to the final, making it to the finals and probably winning, probably beating Cleveland in that finals. Um, I mean, why not just, you, you could have easily ran it back, but apparently there were chemistry issues. And then so you trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. You know, you, you want your buddy, you want to play with your buddy. That That's great. So they make a trade and, get, and acquire Westbrook. Well, that only lasts one year. And for all the stuff that we say about Russell Westbrook, you know, I don't think I've... Has there ever been any real team chemistry issues? I know that there was some stuff about... the You know, once KD left, Russell Westbrook was heard about it. But I don't think we've had, seen any anything happen with Westbrook where it just wasn't working out or he, he voiced an opinion in a negative way about teammates. Uh, he always took the blame for everything uh, when he was the leader of his team in, in OKC. Um, and now we see that he's gone to, you know, Washington and in return for John Wall. And and Westbrook is happy there already. Like, he went to a lesser team, um, left a, a potential contending team. I don't know how, how far from contention the Rockets are at this point, but definitely closer than the Wizards. And, and he seems happy again. I mean... It's got to, at some point, you have to look at it and say, okay, you know, as good as Harden is, maybe he's just not a leader. And the way he's handled this situation, I think, even if he does come back and play the season, I don't know that he's going to have a lot of trust and respect from his teammates. And I don't know how these guys feel. You know, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe, maybe they're, you know, in the background cheering him on for, for taking a stand or whatever you want to call it. I just don't know. How I, I don't know how 
he he goes to another team and earns trust from another team as well. I mean, let's say hypothetically he gets traded to the Sixers for Ben Simmons. Well, is that really going to be, you know, for all the Ben Simmons and Embiid on the court difficulties? I mean, is, is that really going to, is it going to improve because of the off the court stuff? Is Harden going to just be, I don't think Harden's at this point in his career, is he able to be a vocal leader and someone that can get along with teammates? Because it doesn't seem like he can share the spotlight. So anyways, I'm done with my Harden rant. Um, in a nutshell, I don't necessarily disagree with what he's doing. Uh, I just disagree with how he's handling it um, by going out and being unsafe. You know, he could hope, you know, he could transmit COVID to teammates, coaching staff, et cetera, and just won't be a good look for the league at all, especially when a top, definitely a top 10, arguably top five guy is, is doing the things he's doing. So. Um, the question now just becomes where does James Harden get traded to Um, I think the obvious answers that I've heard everywhere are either Philadelphia and a Ben Simmons swap or a trade package to Brooklyn obviously that's going to probably include like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert Jared Allen, some combination of of those players and I just want to throw a couple of wild cards out there I don't know I don't know what Harden's return would be at this point. I don't know if teams are lower on him, and maybe there's some teams that have been in talks, and as this Harden fiasco progresses, they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to – I'll still give you this player, but I'm not giving you these first-round picks or future pick swaps or whatever for for James Harden. And I, I guess I don't blame them. Um, a couple of things I could see – I don't know. I think Denver's in kind of a win-now mode. Um, they still have a pretty bright future. They're, they're a relatively young team um, with some good good young players like Jamal Murray, uh, who is probably not in his prime yet. But if I think the Nuggets could take a step forward, if they found a way to swap Murray and Harden, I think the Nuggets become better and the Houston's build on their future. Now, for everyone out there that's going to try to flame me on the timeline for for speaking on this. I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying the Nuggets should do it. I'm not saying the Rockets should do it. It's just an interesting concept. Um, because I don't know, like I said, I don't know where Harden's trade value is at this point. I might have even seen some like Brandon Ingram and future. Uh, we know the Pelicans have a fuck ton of picks. So I could see like a Brandon Ingram for uh, Harden, um, you know, w- with the Pelicans adding some picks in there. But I just don't know. I, I literally have no idea. I'm having a hard time trying to grasp what, what Harden is worth at this point. Like, obviously he's still a top 10 player and any team he goes to likely gets significantly better at this point, but I just don't know what it's going to cost these other teams. I mean, maybe, you know, I feel like, like I said, I feel like his trade value is getting lower as we speak and Harden, I, I feel like Harden's in a position now. I'm sorry. I'm, I feel like Houston's in a position now to where the, if, the sooner they move him, the more they're going to get in return. Um, if you wait till the trade deadline, I don't know, I don't know what teams are offering at that point in time. And maybe you could get the same thing. Maybe Harden has like another fantastic year, which I'm sure he will. And maybe teams are, maybe there's a team that's like a nine to ten seed that, and, and a, 
you know, Harden being an addition is going to push them over the top and at least get them into a playoff spot or, or even a play in spot um, for sure. But it's just a hard, it's, it's hard to grasp and it's hard to try to determine where he's going to go because Houston's not obligated at all to send him to a team that he wants to be. At. I mean, they could trade him to fucking Sacramento if they found a way to do it. And I wouldn't blame them. I mean, you know, get what you can for him. What's going to help your team. That's what Houston's looking at right now. Not, not okay. Well, I know you fucked us over the past week, but we're going to go ahead and where do you want to go? We're going to send you there. Like, no, I think he's lost that privilege at this point. If he would have handled it differently, maybe Houston would be more obligated to, to help him find a better destination as well. But then again, like I said, I'm not in the front office. I'm not anywhere. I don't have any sources with the Rockets. I don't know anything. This is me just speculating like I always do. So um, anyways, that's enough about Harden. I'm going to try to get into some quick takes about some Western Conference teams, maybe like one take for each team. Um, and I'll do Eastern Conference another day, but it's just too much to do for one pod. But um, I'm just going to kind of start and doing this in no particular order. That's just kind of what, what came to mind. Um, I think the we'll start with the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that Paul George gets traded. I think eventually they'll find out that there is no way that Kawhi and Paul George, um, being the two best players on the team, cannot find a way. That team is just a clusterfuck, and I just don't know if there's a way they can find leadership amongst those two guys. Paul George has literally blamed his poor performances on everything but himself. You know, there's like he, the other day he said where he is basically playing like a JJ Redick type player and in Doc Rivers offense when it was like proven there were statistics to show that he had less catch and shoot coming off of screens than any point in his career and more pick and roll ball handler type plays more so than even in Indiana which is a, even a surprise to me so that it wasn't Doc Rivers I mean Doc Rivers wasn't causing him to airball three-point shots in game seven against the Nuggets. Um, and, I mean, I don't remember what his stats were against. Even in that Dallas series, he was abysmal all but, like, one or two games. And that wasn't Doc – Doc Rivers wasn't causing him to miss shots and airball shots and hit the backboard and have four turnovers a game. That that wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. Uh, maybe Doc Rivers is is partially to blame for the woes of the Clippers, you know, relatively speaking. Um, especially considering what their expectations were. But I just don't see a world where Paul George exists on the Clippers. I think he has to be a second option, which he clearly is to Kawhi, but he has to be a second option somewhere where he's not, he doesn't have to be a leader. Like he's just going to play basketball. Um, I, could, I I don't know exactly where that would be. Um, you know, it might even be like a third option. Like, he could come, he could go, like, I just, I don't want him in Dallas necessarily. Like, obviously he makes Dallas a better team, but I don't think I want him in Dallas. But something to that scenario where Luca is the clear guy and a good leader and, and team chemistry guy, um, I, I think that might be something that he would be better suited for. And, you know, I, I just, I don't see a world where he's going to be the number one or number two guy, a vocal leader and take responsibility for a loss. Have we, I don't think we've ever seen him take responsibility for a loss. And some of the things that we've seen come out about him, such as he wanted to, you know, there was a, some graphic that someone shared on Twitter. He wants to be the number one guy in 
he wanted to be the, the not the number one guy. He wanted to stay his whole career in Indiana. You know, he made it clear. Well, he wanted to trade to go to OKC. He got to OKC, um, had that deal done, and he you know made it clear. Okay, I want to spend I want to spend my career in OKC. Okay, then he gets traded to the Clippers, and now he's like clearly unhappy there, or not taking any responsibility. What there that whole team was just a clusterfuck, and they're so talented on paper that they'll still make the playoffs. But I just I don't know that the playoffs are going to be any better this year than they were last year. I mean, I I guess we'll see. Um, but I just I think Paul George is going to I think you can find you can get a return on Paul George that will make the team better and have people with a better mindset that are better equipped to to make a playoff run for you. And maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see what happens. Um, the Lakers. I don't know if this is a. Uh, I'm not doing hot takes, but just kind of a take. I don't think the Lakers will be the number one seed, even though they're clearly the best team in the league and just got better. I, I would think that they're going to manage LeBron in 80s minutes, even in a shortened season, um, to make way for the playoffs. Because whoever they match up with in the playoffs, they're going to be the favorite. So seeding, I don't think really matters. I don't know if home court advantage is really going to matter this year too much. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but I don't think the I think this year seating doesn't is going to take a back seat. Like because if we're playing in empty arenas, um, is it really that big of a deal? Uh, who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't think the Lakers will be the number one seed because I don't think it's that much of a priority. Um, Sacramento, I think they'll be the worst team in the West. I think they'll be even worse than OKC. Uh, they just that 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 whole franchise is more. I. I mentioned the Clippers being a clusterfuck that Sacramento team is even more. They just lost Bogdanovich for nothing. They had the way it came out. They had so many chances to trade him or get something in return for him and just never did. And I don't know. I don't know what direction that franchise is heading. I feel really bad. I I love De'Aaron Fox. I love watching him play. Um, I love his attitude. I love everything about De'Aaron Fox, but I feel really, really bad for that guy. And I also feel bad for Buddy Hield. So let's bring him home to Dallas. No, I'm joking. But uh, Golden State Warriors, it was hard to come up. They're kind of a wild card for me. I could see them easily making the playoffs and being like a home court advantage type team, like a top four seed. I could also see them not making the playoffs at all. I don't know how that team's going to work. Really, it's contingent upon two things. What kind of Andrew Wiggins are we going to get? And how good is James Wiseman going to be? Um, if James Wiseman comes out and is like a pretty dominant DeAndre Ayton type player where he can average, you know, even like 17 and nine, something like that, his first year. Um, and Draymond and Steph are still Draymond and Steph. That that would be great. I mean, you have Kelly Oubre now. And, you know, it just like I said, it's contingent upon how great, I guess great is a stretch, but how good Wiggins can be. We know he can score 20, 20 points a game. Um, pretty easily uh, with Steph spacing the floor for him. That should go up. He hasn't really played with Steph and we'll see how that works. I just think I, I would bet that the Warriors make the playoffs, but my, my take is that Curry averages more points this year than he has um, in previous years. I think that he's going to be asked to carry more of a low with clay out. And I, I could definitely see him being another MVP uh, contention type player this year as well. Um, I think Portland will be a top four seed. They got much better. Um, they were 
they were low key better than what their record and seeding was last year. I think, you know, with all the injuries to Nurkic and Zach Collins, um, there was a lot going on. And I just, I think that, like I said, they were better than what their record showed. Um, they just got better. They added Covington, which is exactly what they needed. A vet on the wing that can defend and kind of cover up CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard's defensive woes and also knock down shots. I think that's going to be huge for them. I think that was a very underrated addition for them. They didn't really need another superstar. They didn't need somebody that could score. Um, they get enough. Of, they'll get enough of that with Nurkic, Dame, and CJ. They needed somebody that could defend and, and just knock down open shots consistently. And that's exactly what they got in Covington. Okay, Utah. I think Utah fights for a playoff spot. I don't think – I think they take a step back. And that's not anything against them. I just think the West got that much better. Uh, the Lakers got better for all the shit we give the Clippers. I think the Clippers should be better. Um, you also have Golden State, Portland. Uh, Phoenix is going to be in the mix. Dallas is going to be really good. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams. Even Memphis and New Orleans will be in the mix as well. I just don't know that Utah got better enough to to make uh, all the other teams. In other words, all the other teams in the West got significantly better, or a lot of them got significantly better, while Utah didn't do a whole lot. So I think that they'll be if they get in the. Uh, I think they for sure will be a seven or eight seed. And uh, Denver, I think, with like I said earlier, the Lakers won't be the one seed. I think Denver will take that spot. God damn, if Jamal Murray is anything like he was in the bubble and especially in the playoffs, he was already a fantastic point guard. If he takes a step like he did in the playoffs, he he could still get – he could get most improved player. I mean, Jesus Christ. I – there were some shots that he made that – you know, they lost that series against the Lakers, but there were some shots that he made that were like Michael Jordan-esque. and. I know that's crazy to to say out loud, but my God, I don't remember a time when I was just in awe of watching a player like transform before our eyes. I mean, we just watched Luka Doncic do it for the Mavericks, of course, but just in a span of like a couple of months, I mean, Jesus Christ, that Murray, he was to me, him and Donovan Mitchell, aside, you know, from my personal bias favorites were, were the, the best part about the bubble, in my opinion. And I know that Donovan Mitchell wasn't there for very long, but Jamal Murray, if he, like I said, if he can play like that throughout the season, that's going to be a treat to watch. And could certainly, if, if Jokic keeps getting better, that could be, I think that could be a number one seed. Uh, Phoenix, I think Phoenix has a really good chance to make a Western Conference Finals. I believe that this Suns roster is better than the OKC roster that Chris Paul kind of inherited last year. Um, definitely uh, with Devin Booker and Aiden and in addition of Jay Crowder, um, that's going to be a very, very deadly team. That's that's an interesting team. And if Chris Paul is the same as he was last year, that, that team could really do some damage in the playoffs. And I would not be surprised if they made the Western Conference Finals. Um, Dallas, I think they also have a top five defense in the league. Um, last year for, you know, they had the number one offense in the league and that was great, but we definitely saw that down the stretch of games and defense was important. 
defense, rebounding, um, late game situations, Dallas could not keep it together. And I don't remember how many games it was we lost, but we lost so many games by single digit points because we couldn't defend down the stretch. And Dallas, you know, didn't lose much offensively other than Seth Curry, but I don't think that the Seth, the difference between Seth Curry and Josh Richardson's offense is so much that we have to worry. Um, Seth Curry is clearly a better shooter and one of the best shooters we've seen in a long time, but I don't think that all around he's a better offensive player. If he's even better an offensive player at all than Jay Rich. Um, but the the difference in their defensive capabilities is, is ginormous. I, I genuinely think, and I'm trying to be objective when I say this, I really think Dallas has a chance to be uh, a top five defense. And if they can still maintain a similar offense or be a top five offense in the league, while being a top five defense, that's good enough to get you um, in a conference finals, you know, on paper. Um, we've seen teams like the Lakers and, and such that, you know, having a good offense and a good defense, that should net you a really good playoff standing. Um, the only thing I'm, I'm worried about is Luca is not the best off ball defender. He definitely works hard on ball. Um, he doesn't have the quickest feet or um, the best lateral speed, but he definitely isn't as bad as people make him out to be. I'd still say he's probably just a hair below average of a defender. Um, if not average, I think people just say, Oh, he's European. He's soft. He can't defend and they don't really watch the games. In the bubble, Luca really came alive, and uh, defensively, and I, I was impressed. And if he just keeps getting better, um, keeps getting in better shape, then he definitely will be a, an average to above average defender. Hopefully, uh, Josh Richardson. We just spoke about him. You know, we we at, we drafted Josh Green, who is going to be a really good three and D player. And then maintaining Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith, who are both – that's what they're known for is their defense. KP, good rim protector. Willie Cauley-Stein, also not a bad rim protector. I think that we are poised to be a really, really good defensive team. Um, I know top five may seem like a stretch, but Dallas did every single thing in the offseason they could just about to make sure that the defense got better, as well as Rick – you know, as smart as Rick is and – you know, it's been reported that that's been the focus this offseason and it's been the focus in practice. So we'll see how it goes. But I really expect to to Rick Carlisle to come through on his word and, and make the team a lot better defensively. Um, Houston, um, kind of two takes here. I think, obviously, Harden gets moved. And I also believe that they don't make the playoffs. I don't know what their return is going to be for Harden, but it's definitely not going to be a top 10 player. And, you know, you're basically banking on John Wall and Christian Wood and uh, PJ Tucker, and then whatever your return for Harden is, whether it's draft picks or young talent, role players, a, a collection of role players, or, you know, I, I don't know what you're going to get for Harden, but I just know that it's not going to be good. I don't think it's going to be good enough to get you in the playoffs. Um, that's a really, really hot take, I think, but I just don't see any way. I don't even know if they make it with Harden. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that Russell Westbrook is a much better player than John Wall. And we don't know what's going to happen with John Wall. I just, you're basically saying, even if they, let's say they keep Harden. If, if, if John Wall is the same player he was 
back in let's say 2016, then that's great. And I, I'm I'm rooting for John Wall. I've always been a John Wall fan. But we're banking on John. We're that's what we're banking on when we say that the Rockets will make the playoffs. I just don't know. I I'm not trusting it. I'm not saying that I don't want it to happen. Um, I kind of do want to see them make the playoffs because I have so much respect for Steven Silas. I just I just don't see it happening, and I'm not I'm not putting all my chips on on John Wall getting me to the playoffs as my second option, um, especially with all the injury concerns. If John Wall's back like he used to be, then obviously that's a different conversation. But I'm not going to put my chips there right now. Uh, San Antonio, I think DeRozan or Lamarcus Aldridge, maybe both will get traded. I think that there'll be a team on the outside looking in playoff wise, and maybe one of those guys can push them over the top um, just to make it there. And I don't know what team that's going to be, but I definitely don't know. I don't think that San Antonio has any. They're a smart franchise. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. I don't think that DeRozan and Lamar, LaMarcus Aldridge are going to get you into the playoffs anytime soon. So if they're smart, maybe they'll trade for picks and in young players for a team that needs to get in the playoffs that's in the win-now mode. Um, I could definitely, if Wiseman doesn't work out, maybe something um, like a Wiggins for Aldridge shape, uh, trade could definitely help them out. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but I just don't see both of those guys sticking around for the entire year. Uh, I think the Pelicans, I think they could make the playoffs, but I also think Lonzo has a really good chance to be most improved as well. Um, you know, Ingram's improving. They've they've added Stephen Adams. I uh, you know, if Zion plays a full year, that's another option. It's going to definitely give Lonzo um, less opportunity. Uh, scoring wise, but I think that his assist numbers could even go further up. Um, he's a great defensive player. His three point shot is definitely, it's gotten better every year he's been in the league. I definitely see where he may not have as many options to score, but he could still score more based on his efficiency and um, Zion and other players, you know, opening up opportunity for him. But uh, Minnesota, uh, I think Cat will be an all NBA player if healthy. Cat was a tremendous offensive talent this past year when he was healthy. I mean, I think he was taking eight threes a game and making, shooting them at a 40% clip, which is incredible for a seven footer. Um, I don't think he got a lot of credit for how, how good he was this year. Um, he's playing with D'Angelo Russell and they're, they have a good chemistry together. D'Lo is a good, a good playmaker that, that will be very, very interesting to see how that all unfolds. Um, okay, see, so this is kind of a crazy one. This is a stretch, but I definitely could see uh, SGA averaging over 30 points a game this year. I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen with OKC. I don't even know who's I'm not going to pretend to know the entire roster. I know Al Horford's there. Um, and I know that Gilgis Alexander is there. Um, I know there's some others, too. But it seems like they've, you know, Woj has reported or whoever has reported an OKC signing. And then like 24 hours later, they're like not on the team anymore. So there's not any, there's nothing I can do other than speak on like Al Horford or Gildas Alexander. So I'm just going to say that Gildas Alexander is going to have basically given the green light and the keys and say, do whatever the fuck you want. They're, they're clearly in tank mode. They're going to get a better, they're going to, they have a bright future, obviously. I mean, if they play their cards right, 
But I just think that Gilgis Alexander will, like I said, be given the green line. He could go off for 30 points a game this year because of it. Uh, Memphis, uh, the last one, I hate to say this because Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant are both fantastic players. I love watching both of them play. Um, I just don't know if they're they're like that on that. To me, like I said about Utah earlier, they didn't get significantly better while the West, uh, while the excuse me, while the rest of the Western Conference did. So, but Utah, I on paper is still a better team than Memphis. So that being said, I could see Utah and Memphis fighting for that eight seed. And I think if that's the case, Utah takes it. And that's going to, I think that eliminates Memphis from playoff contention. And it's sad because they're a good team. Um, they, they'll probably be like plus 500. But I mean, look at, you have the Clippers, the Lakers. Let, let's look at the playoff locks. The teams that I think are at 100% locks from the playoffs the Clippers, the Lakers, the, uh, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Mavs. Well, that's six. So basically, you have Houston, Golden State, who I think will make it, um, the Pelicans, and Memphis fighting for that spot. I don't know. I, I think that I think that the Pelicans would probably be better than even the Grizzlies this year. I mean, if Zion's healthy all year, they added Stephen Adams. If he doesn't suck like he did in the playoffs last year, that that could be good for them. You know, they have Brandon Ingram. I just said earlier that I think Lonzo Ball will take a, another step in the right direction. I think that that team's probably better than Memphis. And I think Utah's better than Memphis. I, I, it's crazy that we're saying that Utah might not be a lock for the playoffs. At least that's what I'm saying. But I don't think Utah's better than any of those teams I just named. I, and maybe I'm proven wrong. Maybe, who knows? I just, I don't think that, Memphis is a be- it was one of the best eight teams in the Western Conference, unfortunately. And I would love to see John Moran in the playoffs, but I just don't see it happening. I appreciate everyone listening, all 17 of you. Um, I always have a lot of time doing these pods. I'm not really doing, for, doing them for anybody besides myself. I just like to hear myself talk and talk out loud about my thoughts on the NBA. Um, if anybody listens, that's great. If not, then oh well. But uh, you guys asked some questions on Twitter, and I'll get to those next time on the Eastern Conference um, takes, and we'll talk about a couple other things as well. But anyways, again, thanks for listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at JoshMFFL. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>